Today in Business from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy to use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60 day trial at shipstation.com slash tech news. That's shipstation.com slash tech news. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off US versus China. Where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous US China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Spoken Edition of Wired. Today's edition is powered by TD Ameritrade. When it comes to investing, each of us does it in our own unique way. From TD Ameritrade's award winning technology to personalized guidance, they have everything you need to invest on your terms. Visit tdameritrade.com slash YTDA to get started. Alaska schools get faster internet, partly thanks to global warming, by Marisa Nicosia. Before they got down to business for the day, Students in Devon Tatro's social studies class were offered a quiet moment of self reflection. On this golden fall afternoon at Nome Belt's junior senior high school, were they feeling chipper, distressed, or somewhere in between? About 20 students gazed at their laptops, an online poll open on each screen. One by one, they selected the picture of the facial expression that best matched their mood, and with a swift click, Sent an answer to the teacher. She scanned the responses and made a few mental notes. Then, without missing a beat, she switched the smartboard display and launched into a multiple choice quiz using a game based online learning platform called Kahoot. Tell me one thing you remember about yesterday's lesson on expansions and tax on Native Americans, Tatro said, pacing the front of the classroom. She rattled off students' responses as they popped up on the smartboard in a colorful word cloud. Forced relocation, reduced population, disease, warfare, cultural destruction. Wow, that's a powerful term. The exchange seemed designed to grab and retain students' attention. Just two years ago, the IT staff at Nome Public Schools would have strongly discouraged this kind of lesson. Lest it strain the bandwidth shared by the district's 720 students and 100 staff members. At that time, a YouTube video took two minutes to buffer. And forget a long distance video call. One of the few ways kids in this remote district, not far from the Arctic Circle, can interact with students outside their own school. That would have brought everything email, online testing, cloud based record systems, and student research to a halt. But the future of educational technology here is starting to emerge from a pixelated past. Nome and two other school districts in northwestern Alaska 
are pioneering a high-speed fiber optic cable connection that has the potential to transform how education is delivered in the state and shrink a connectivity gap between rural Alaska and the majority of American schools. The great irony is that the multi-million dollar cable was planted in the Arctic by an Anchorage-based telecommunications company thanks, in large part, to global warming. Alaska's 133,000 students are scattered across 53 school districts, many located in vast stretches of roadless terrain. Like Nome, population 3,800, perched on the coast 540 miles northwest of Anchorage, many communities are disconnected from the rest of the state, with only two options for transporting people and things, air or barge. A $500 round-trip flight to Anchorage or Fairbanks for teacher training or a robotics tournament or a college visit is a hard sell for districts struggling with the impact of a statewide recession. Roughly 14% of children statewide live in poverty. Given this challenging landscape, it's a matter of consensus here that robust video-based distance learning programs are critical to preparing students for college and careers. Yet Alaska ranks last in the nation in the percent of its school districts meeting the minimum Internet speed targets set by the Federal Communications Commission, according to the nonprofit Education Superhighway. Most students in the lower 48 can post videos on their school's websites or download assignments in a matter of seconds. That's not a given in rural Alaska. Debilitating slowdowns and district-wide outages in past years have been so common that some gnome teachers prepare two lesson plans per class, one to use if the internet cooperates and one that requires only textbooks. The expensive and often slow microwave and satellite connections that Nome and surrounding districts have long relied on have really limited what teachers could do, said Jacob Phillips, Nome School's Director of Technology. The issue boils down to bandwidth. The region's limited infrastructure and the huge expense of laying fiber-optic cables that can handle high-bandwidth tasks like video streaming and the minimal competition in the Alaska telecommunications market mean that rural northwestern districts like Nome have historically paid tens of thousands of dollars more for much less bandwidth than their centrally located counterparts. But last year, when the district switched to the fiber connection, it got a 25% increase in bandwidth for about 20% of the previous cost, according to Phillips. Our goal is to hopefully broaden students' view of the world, said Phillips, who has three children, including two who attend district schools. If they do go to school outside of Nome or go to work outside of Nome, they've had some exposure to different cultures, different places. Starting in 2012, an idea floated around Alaska that seemed preposterous. A little-known Anchorage-based company called Quintillion was launching a multi-million dollar commercial venture with support from a New York private equity firm. The ultimate goal, establish rapid underwater pathways between global commerce centers, connecting an Alaska branch, Phase 1, to Asia, Phase 2, and the United Kingdom, Phase 3. While there is a public-spirited facet to the company's connectivity mission, the enterprise is aimed squarely at international stock traders who could, someday, hook into the fiber to shave milliseconds off their transaction speeds, 
a prospect worth millions of dollars. Phase 1 was completed in 2017 and cost a reported $250 million. Crews buried 1,200 miles of fiber-optic cable under the seabed along the state's northwestern slope, from Nome to Prudhoe Bay. The cables drape around the north coast of the state. Arms extend off the main line into small coastal communities, including Nome, Kotzebue, Point Hope, Wainwright, and Ukavik, where residents and businesses are gradually gaining access to the fiber. A separate 500-mile underground cable links Prudhoe Bay to an existing fiber unit in Fairbanks. In March, Nome Public Schools became the first school district to connect to the cable, officials said. Over the summer, the neighboring North Slope Borough and Northwest Arctic Borough school districts joined as well. In some cases, districts left Alaska telecommunications giant GCI for competing Internet service providers in order to get access to wholesaler Quintillion's fiber, shaking up the stagnant local market. The fiber optic route exists here in large part because of global warming which has led to Arctic sea ice inching farther away from Alaska's shoreline each season. Rural Alaska native communities are grappling with the existential effects, erosion, loss of important food sources like seals, and fear that the traditions they've fought to sustain over centuries will slip away. But faster, more affordable broadband could help students navigate the effects of climate change evident in their own backyards. There's some real potential for kids in rural areas in Alaska to use computer science and coding as a career path, said Sam Jordan, Education Technology Coordinator at the State Education Department. In turn, he hopes they will be empowered to use their skills to care for their own communities. The faster bandwidth is already setting the stage for academic improvement, officials said. With more bandwidth to go around this year, Lisa Leeper, principal of Nome's Seoul Charter School, said she had finally introduced a digital writing program that allows her 5th through 8th graders to work through the material at their own pace as teachers track individual progress. I can almost guarantee we're going to improve our writing scores this year because I'm able to reach everyone in the areas they need help, she said. That's possible because of these new technologies. And Tatro, the high school's social studies teacher said the interactive technology is necessary to prepare students for the workforce. There's barely any industry now that you can enter that doesn't utilize a computer, she said. Seniors like Abby Tozier are reaping the benefits of a better connection while taking dual-credit courses offered by the University of Alaska Fairbanks satellite campus in Nome. Earlier this fall, Tozier's instructor had to travel for her other job, and was teaching from afar. She's been doing Google Hangouts with us online, which is super convenient, Tozier said. Another improvement? Online testing, which takes up several weeks each year, no longer forces a lockdown on other Internet activity like video streaming, said Amy Eakin, Director of Technology for the Northwest Arctic Borough District. With greater bandwidth, the September round of testing went smoothly, she said and teachers were free to teach as they would normally. As the Quintillion Fiber Project was underway in 2016 and 2017, Alaska was already making strides in connecting tens of thousands more students through existing microwave, satellite, and fiber networks. As of October 2018, 
83% of districts could access the Internet at the FCC's 2014 minimum recommended speed of 100 kilobits per second per student, up from 42% of districts in 2015, according to Education Superhighway. Nationwide, medium bandwidth exceeds 500 kilobits per second per student, the organization reported in October. Still, rural districts that stretch across thousands of square miles of inhospitable terrain, like Northwest Arctic Borough, which is roughly the size of Indiana, have a long climb ahead of them as they work toward more equitable and affordable broadband. Statewide, districts have been forced to cut budgets due to flat state aid allotments and rising health care costs. As much as 90% of the cost for school internet access is covered by federal E-rate funds. But because everything costs more in rural areas, Northwest Alaska districts still must stretch their budgets to cover the remaining 10%, according to officials. Eakin said that her district was able to upgrade its bandwidth affordably only because of access to Quintillion's cheaper fiber. As a result, the district is finally within sight of the FCC's 2014 target speed, she said. I'm not trying to build the biggest, baddest network. I just want to create some equity for my students. More bandwidth, of course, is always better. The demand grows each year as more core academic programs go digital. And the FCC's 2017-18 target speed for schools is 10 times greater than the 2014 target, or 1 megabit per second per student, which the agency recommends is best for remote instruction and heavy video collaboration. In Nome, veteran teacher Colleen Johnson mused over all that's changed since she started her career in rural Alaska in 1992. On one fall afternoon, she led her 7th and 8th graders on a rare Skype field trip with a guest educator in Virginia. The audio dropped out a few times, a minor glitch. If the district could afford to double or triple its bandwidth, she said, she would eagerly collaborate with other teachers and students via live video stream at least once a week. The most engaging lessons I've ever had were when we connected with other classrooms through Skype, and I've done that a couple times, Johnson said. The students just light up, getting to... She paused for a moment to accommodate a sudden swell of emotion, then continued, getting to connect with other kids from around the country. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. 